Welcome to this special bonus episode of the Passive House Podcast. I'm Zach Semke, Director of Passive House Accelerator, and we're pleased to be sharing a series of bonus episodes recorded at the International Passive House Conference 2023 in Wiesbaden, Germany. These interviews were made possible by support from Icon Windows and Doors, Inotech Windows and Doors, Intelligent Membranes, Minotaur, and Proclima. Please enjoy this bonus episode. Ifra Arif, yeah. Um, just tell us a little bit to start with who you are and, and what you what you're doing, uh, how you came to be here. So I am a architecture student. I'm finishing my master's in architecture right now, but I am here on behalf of uh, Bear Architects along with uh, Justin Bear, who, who runs the practice. Yeah. Um, and I'm here because I have been working on some uh, energy monitoring for some of the projects that we have very recently completed. Uh, and in particular, I presented a uh, the energy performance analysis for a Passive House Plus dwelling where we've had data for the past two years. Right. So you do, is this a, like an internship at the moment? Yeah, or? well, I mean, it started as an internship in 2020. And right. then I've kind of like, whenever I have the time, because I am also a full-time student, uh, whenever I have the time, I, I work on this also. Right. Yeah. And you, are you post-grad or are you still... Masters. You, oh, you're doing masters. Just finishing kind of qualifying. Is that professional pre- uh, uh, masters? So you're going to go on to be a... Architect. A registered architect, hopefully. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you will. So uh, I came in, I caught uh, the the flow diagrams you had that showed all the energy flows around a house. Yeah. It seemed to me that one of the big things that made a big difference wasn't so much the energy that was being generated, but the control system that was in place. Is that what you're finding? Yeah, actually, well, it's the control system and and the particular energy plan that the house is subscribed to. And and to be completely honest with you, I'm still struggling to wrap my head around how it all works because it's so automated. And um, I I really need to, like, you know, spend a good month full time digging my heels deep into it uh, to really understand it. But yes, in essence, that's what we're finding. Uh, it's not so much to do with the increased loads because of the car charging per se, but more to do with how those loads are managed. Yeah. So was this Passive House? Passive House Plus. Right. And it's one, just one house that you're looking yes, at? Or was it yes. arranged them? And so you've got a Passive House Plus. It's got its own generation and it had an electric car as well? Yes. But the electric car was only introduced in like the last six months of the study. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you mentioned a couple, there's some other terminology in there, uh, things that I hadn't heard of. Were that the, the, the names of the energy plans? The, the Tesla Octopus the Energy Octopus. Plan. Yeah. Yes, that's the name of the energy plan. I probably should have made it an acronym or something for the presentation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but there was another one as well. Was it a different, different plan or was it just the Octopus? No, it was just that one plan that I was referring to. Right. If, I mean, the alternative would have just been a very ordinary tariff, which was which would have been a simple matter of buying energy from the grid and, right. and then not getting any energy. Sorry, not getting any money on the energy sold right. to the grid. So, what what is the octopus plan? 
So the way it works, as far as I'm aware, uh, from based on what I've found on the website and stuff, is that it's a collaboration between Tesla, which has the batteries, which is the manufacturer of the battery in the house, and then Octopus, which is a kind of energy provider UK-wide. And right. what they're trying to do is, I think they're trying to obviously decarbonize the grid in their own way. Yep. And they, they kind of say on their website that their uh, energy sourcing is 100% renewable. Um, and I think it's on the basis of like they're producing renewable energy. They might supply non-renewable, but it's a kind of offset. Yeah. Um, the point being that uh, this plan is eligible. Sorry, people who have a Tesla Powerwall battery and a solar panel system are eligible to have this plan. And what it allows them to do is to optimize these energy exchanges between the house and the grid. So. On a kind of, say, straightforward basis, what you might expect is that, like, in the afternoon when there's a lot of sunshine, yeah. you have a surplus of energy being sold to the grid. Um, just and, and, you know, that's after it having charged the battery in the house. Yeah. That's not necessarily what happens in this arrangement. Because what happens, what or what might happen, is that, okay... There's a surplus of energy being sold to the grid, but then eh, it might actually, rather than give it to the house, or sorry, rather than sell it to the grid, it might try and store, take more of it to the battery yeah. or to the house to be used in a kind of manner that's maybe more financially sensible. And then what it might do is at night, it might try and buy energy when, like the, when the energy price is really right. low. Yeah. Um, now, I'm, the details of it are still a bit fuzzy for us because we've unfortunately not been able to access the five-minute interval data for the second year that we studied. So that's something that we're really trying to get onto right. um, for now. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully. So is the purpose of your study to see how well those plans are working for people? Sort of, yeah. Um, it's, I mean, to be honest, it's kind of that and plus a bunch of other things, such as like the effect of the electric car, the right. effect of, um, you know, the solar panels and, and all these other environmental factors. Our, our, our approach is basically, well, we have all this data. Let's just look at what's there and why things are happening the way they are. Yeah. It seems that that control system and, yeah. and the complexity of all those the generation the usage not just in a single house but but in a, in a network that seems to be something that's emerging yeah. uh, because where in the past it's been just in one direction yes. and, and about efficiency yes now we're getting people with pv on the roof we're getting electric cars more electrification yeah so is that what people like octopus are responding to that sort of increased complexity i think so i think so i think what they're almost encouraging us to think about is uh, not just this kind of complexity as you've mentioned, but also complexity in the form of networks of homes, yeah. which can then act in a symbiosis with each other and supply energy to each other in a form of, in an almost like a co-op system. I think someone had mentioned this yeah. in our Q&A session. Um, so I think that's what they're sort of kind of slowly steering us towards, uh, which is a very interesting prospect, of course. Uh, well, it seems that, that there's potential for a... A cluster of homes to be more sustainable mm -hmm. and more resilient mm -hmm. than a, a single house trying to have enough storage precisely. for its own use without sharing it. Precisely, precisely. Um, I mean, yeah, like I think this uh, energy plan is trying to do exactly that. Where yeah. Uh, you know they're trying. They they call it, I think, a community grid of theirs, right. where 
which is where you know the energy is bought and sold yeah. uh, to other consumers similar to brambles and i guess a big challenge for that is figuring out the money right figuring the finance and yeah, yeah. and who's who's generating who's using and yeah. then who ends up paying for what yeah um, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not a financial expert or anything. Neither am I. I don't have the details. Uh, I know as far as what the bills for Bramble's have been, and they've yeah. obviously been phenomenal. Um, and, I mean, if they didn't have a car, they're, they're, the Tesla Octopus would owe them 115 euro pounds. Yeah, because you mentioned 90% savings? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's 90% savings in the energy consumption. Um, compared to if Brambles was built to an average kind of notion. Okay, builder. so that's the benefit of being a passive house. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. And then, so that's the good. That's the starting point is yeah. having a really efficient house. Yeah. But then recognizing that you do have to supply some energy if you can optimize where that energy is coming from, mm. uh, and if you're generating some as well. Yeah. Then potentially you're you're a net earner. Yes, exactly. Um, but then if you add an electric vehicle into the mix... Yeah, it becomes a bit trickier, but I think this is our next kind of steps as to how we create the nexus between, yes, we want to be you know, net earners, but also we want electrification of transport and how yeah. do you make that a profitable enterprise or maybe not even profitable for an individual scale, but maybe on a community scale, Yeah. right? So any big surprises from you so far from research? What's... Um, What's to, to jump be honest, down? I think it's the cost. I think it's the like, the sh- like the fact that the the house could have been in credit. Right. That was a big shocker because, um, of course, like we're we're now in this crazy energy crisis. Everybody's yeah. crying about energy bills, and, and yeah. understandably so. But you then have brambles, and it is almost audacious that that's what's happening. Right. Um, and that's that ability is simple once you've got the passive house mm-hmm. the, the ability to the, potentially be positive yeah. is purely from controls right and, yeah and yeah well not yeah purely from controls but largely from controls largely yeah. from controls yeah. of of a smart some sort of smart system yeah. that's figuring out yes. when it's best to be either storing or, or exporting buying, yeah, buy, buying or importing selling. yeah exactly yeah. um so it becomes an it issue it finance Right. Both oh, and pricing. Yeah, yeah, course, yeah. pricing. Yeah. But and, pri- and ideally, I guess pricing signals that are informing yes, the exactly decisions, exactly. and it's all happening magically behind the scenes. Yeah. Or is there yeah. any? Is it because there is there's no user input in this system? No, no, not really. I mean, it kind of is an automatic system that responds to the energy like demands. Right. Of course, that's the user input if you want to call. Yeah. It sure. That. Sure. Um, and yeah. deciding to go on the right plan in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, I think I think for me as as the researcher, uh, I think the next step would be to kind of try and contact Tesla Octopus and, and try and understand exactly how the inner workings of yeah. this are because yeah. it has great potential. I yeah. Feel. And is that is that the next part of the next step for you? Where do you see? Well, what's the next step for your research? But uh, then also, where do you see the implications of of this going in the next few years? Okay. So next steps of my research. Number one, yeah. to contact like Tesla Octopus, see, see what's going on. And also yeah. to really go into the, like I mentioned to you, the uh, five-minute intervals for the second year that we studied, we haven't really delved into it just right. yet. So that's the next step. We really want to look at how um, a day in winter, summer, spring, autumn differs and how those energy flows are you know, interacting with each yeah. other on the scale of a day or of a week. Yeah. 
Um, so I think that's uh, a really good next step. And then also, of course, taking subsequent data from after May 2022. I mean, it's almost a year since then. Yeah, That's right. the third year of data yeah. that we're going to sit yeah. down and analyze. Yeah. Um, and so that's the next step of the research. But on a kind of wider implication, um, I mean, the hope, obviously, the ideal aspiration would be for this uh, Passive House Plus to be applied not only to new builds, and not only to detached dwellings, but to, you know, mass housing, retrofits and, yep. and what have you. But of course, um, we really need to kind of market that in, an, in a kind of political economic way. Yep. And I think that's where the energy bills, uh, you know, the, the appeal of that really comes into handy. And you, t- you say to, say, a politician... This house is in credit. The energy supplier owes them money. Yeah, yeah. It's a winner yeah, yeah. in that sense, right? Yeah, and I guess it, yeah, it's a winner financially for the homeowner, but there's that resilience piece as well of if you have enough of that happening, mm-hmm. you've, you've effectively or dramatically decreased the um, reliance on foreign fuel and, exactly. and wherever else you're getting energy from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Awesome. Hey, well, thank you. And the other thing I've I got to say, thank you, uh, it's it's kind of a complex picture, yeah. but I really like the, the flow diagrams. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, that's a good way of visualising what's going on because in all those different flows, it's, yeah. it's, and it's it's also, it's not in, it's not the same all the time. It's always constantly changing where those yeah, energy flows are going. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bit of a hassle to try and make those diagrams because I oh, do I'm sure. make them by hand. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh. yeah. It's like I really wish I had like a you piece need of a software. dashboard. Yeah. yeah, I really want a dashboard, but that's beyond my IT skills, and we've tried to get that to happen. But well, there's a good challenge for someone. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully. Um, but yeah. Um, awesome. It's, yeah. Thank you.